being present and being great at customer service for the clients you currently have will will generate you business down the line um, tenfold of probably what you'll get by always trying to find the, the online leads or, or paying for all that um, marketing and those type of things that maybe your ROI isn't as, as good as just being present for your current current clients. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I have two things that I need to come in and interview myself uh, to tell you about. Right, so here is a good advertisement, but this is an advertisement for one of our products, for some of the stuff that we've been telling you about. I know during, in, in March and April, all we could talk about was come to our mastermind, come to our mastermind, come to our mastermind. And in May, we had the most epic event. It was live, we had so many people come out, so many great speakers and the interaction, everybody there said, we're coming back next year. They're already waiting to sign up. And I know that our spots for next year is gonna sell out six months before our event even happens. But I'm not trying to sell those tickets yet. But we do have is we have the recordings from that mastermind. So we have the recordings available now. So if you go to Rebus University, you go to view courses and you can actually buy the live feed by all the recordings from the Real Estate Rockstars mastermind. So go to Rebus University, that's where all of our classes are. Go to view courses and you can find the recordings from our May mastermind. That's selling for $399. The, we've got two days of content there, so much good stuff. And you know, if you email me, I'd be happy to email you out our PDF booklet that has some of the questions and actionable plans that we talk about during that mastermind. Second, we have now launched Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. There's so many of you out there listening that learn about real estate from this podcast or other podcasts like it, but you don't have mentors, you don't have coaches, you don't have other people around because maybe it's weird, maybe it's tough to find somebody, maybe it's too expensive, but we think we've solved that. We are ready to put together the best coaching platform out there at a fraction of the cost of what the other coaches are doing. This isn't a giant sell, but we have so many people in this network that wanna help each other that we got to experience in May that we want to keep that activity going. So if you're interview, if you're interested in coaching, go to hybendigital.com forward slash coaching, hybendigital.com forward slash coaching. You can get one-on-one -on -one coaching with end up being a couple calls a month, plus texting emails, things like that. It's a $1,200 per month commitment where you get matched up with a coach and it is just one-on-one -on -one and that coach is focused on you. But if you want a better entry level, we also have group coaching. That group coaching is gonna be 375 bucks a month where you get on with other people. We'll be doing these Zoom calls, Q&A Zoom calls. You're gonna ask a question. It's gonna get answered by some of our coaches and it's gonna be a really, really good time and you're probably gonna learn from the other members that are there, there as well. Now with either of those two things, if you sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching or you sign up for a six-month commitment in the group coaching, we'll get you those Real Estate Rockstars recordings from our mastermind, that 399 value for free. So if you just want the recordings, go to Rebus University, go to courses, find the mastermind, buy those recordings, 399 bucks. You will not be disappointed. Great, great content in there. Sit down for two days, watch it and take notes. If you're ready for some more interactive coaching, then step up to our group coaching. Uh, get on there with some other people. We'll do the, we'll do Zoom calls. We'll have coaches much better than me on those Zoom calls as well. We'll be helping you with your business, especially in this time of turmoil. And then if you want to graduate even further, 
you can graduate into that one-on-one -on -one coaching where we find the perfect coach for you in our real estate rock stars network. All right, guys, uh, back to our regularly scheduled program. As always, thank you for listening. All right. Good morning, real estate rock stars. This is Stephanie Brackett, your special guest host. And I am here with Zach Otten today out of Denver, Colorado. And we are going to have a conversation about how to take care of your clients and make sure the business comes to you that way. Right, Zach? That sounds great. Awesome. Okay. So tell me a little bit about um, how many homes you've sold in the last year. Yeah. Rolling total 12 months is, is right around 40. Okay. Um, and you're yeah. a solo agent. Correct. Perfect. What are your, um, what are your favorite type of clients to work with? Um, you know, I'm actually more of a, of a reserved or, or, uh, you know, I guess when you think of real estate agents, uh, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, the, on the disc profile, the, I, the very outgoing, um, you know, people person, and I am tend to be uh, a little bit more reserved, uh, on a personality standpoint. Um, so my, my favorite clients are actually the people that kind of match that, that level with me. And I, I actually kind of seem to, uh, attract those people naturally, which makes sense. Interesting. Um, so yeah, those are, those are, I think, uh, those are who I connect with the best. Perfect. So what percentage are you listing versus buyers? How's your business shake out? Yeah, it's almost exactly 50% split. Okay. So, okay. um, so this is my 14th year. It took me to year 11 for that to be the case. It was very buyer dependent. Um, okay. That was also uh, somewhat to the the market. You know, when I got in in 2008, um, the only way you were selling your house is if you were for bank foreclosure or you absolutely had to. Um, so it was a very buyer market at that point, but uh, got it back up to 50-50, which is, which is perfect. That's great. That's a really great place to be. So you're not totally dependent on a one-legged stool, just buyers or just listings. Okay. So what, what do you think your number one source is for your, for your deals, not including sphere of influence? Where, where, where are you, where's your business coming from? Yeah. I mean, that's 95% of it. So, okay. so you have 95% um, sphere based. Business. Yep. Yep. So that's, uh, and, um, you know, this is the first year actually um, where I actually, I did buy realtor.com leads this year. Okay. Um, so um, that's the first year I've ever done that, bought online leads. And that's because last year um, was the biggest year I've ever had in real estate. And I've just known um, when uh, personally, when you go uh, as an individual agent, it seems to be that uh, roller coaster um, ebb and flow a little bit, which is kind of uh, one of the downfalls of, of, of that particular of being an individual agent. But um, so I knew, you know, given the transactions and, and the volume we did last year or that I did last year, it was going to, you know, probably be on the downside of that. So I wanted to generate some more leads from that. And it's, it's been okay. I mean, it's, it is online leads, So you kind of get what you pay for with those, but um, I've got a couple deals out of it. So it's at least covered it's itself so far. So, okay. we'll see so it paid for itself. The ROI mm -hmm. was probably even ish so far. I mean, I have six more months left, so I did it December of, uh, 2021. So, okay. you know, in theory, hopefully at minimum doubles itself, but. Okay. So it, in regards to your number one lead source being the sphere based leads, what are you doing to keep in contact with your sphere and to make sure that they're thinking, Hey, I got to call Zach. Yeah. And then, and 
It's a great question. I mean, uh, I've been an avid listener of the podcast for probably five or six years. And, um, you know, there's so many great ideas and so many things that you want to pursue. But uh, it's, you know, there's you can only do so many things, right? So that's one thing that I kind of wanted to highlight is, um, or, or kind of chat about is, you know, I run a pretty, I run a good business that that does a fair amount of of transactions for an individual agent, uh, you know, um, but but I I don't run like a, a very tight knit business. Like I um, I do I reach out per, once per quarter via phone call, text, email, kind of rotating those throughout the year, and then I send out a monthly postcard. And um, other than that, I honestly don't do very I don't do a lot of social media. I don't. I don't do like a, a very fine-tuned, you know, if you're a Keller Williams agent or, or anyone that's kind of followed that model, a 33 touch where you, you reach out 33 times a year in some form or fashion to, to kind of be top of mind. Um, and all those things are good. And those are th- where areas where I can improve to probably even increase, increase what I am doing. But I, I would like to say for the newer agents that are listening or even experienced agents is as long as you treat your clients well, you'll get the referrals and you'll get the, you'll get those people to come back to you. I mean, that's just been my biggest way to get them back is just do an excellent job during the process. I find a lot of agents, uh, they're always focusing on the next transaction instead of doing an amazing job for the agents that are currently or they, uh, their clients that they're currently working with. And uh, I think sometimes we forget that the, the best client is our current client or, or the people that already know and trust us, as opposed to always trying to search for that, that next person down the line um, to, to, you know, get the next transaction. So although all that to be said, it's not to downplay any of the other things that, that, uh, you know, agents do to get business. It's just, uh, for me is I've just found that being present and being great at customer service for the clients you currently have will, will generate you business down the line, um, tenfold of probably what you'll get by always trying to find the, the online leads or, or paying for all that, um, marketing and those type of things that, maybe your ROI isn't as, as good as just being present for your current, current clients. That's great advice. Often we find that, you know, people are trying to chase the next best thing and the next best thing and the next best thing or implementing this new system or this new process. And they forget that just by providing the Nordstrom experience or the Disneyland experience or the Ritz Carlton experience for their clients, that alone will increase the business far more than, oh, I'm going to start sending out 33 emails a year to ping on them. Just love on the clients that you have and they'll come back and they'll do, they'll do you do, do good by you by yeah. providing you. That was a much more eloquent way of saying what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. And, and honestly, I've been the one I've been like, that's another thing is like, uh, you know, again, kind of like we were chatting a little bit before we started is um, I, you know, we all come on here and we want to make ourselves sound good. Cause I mean, obviously that's, you know, that that's part that's of cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think, you know, I, I'm a good agent and, and, and do well for my clients, but it's also, we we're human and we, I've chased the carrot on the stick a billion times. Like always, Oh, you know, you fall for the, Oh, this, you can get me clients by running these perfect Facebook ads. And, you know, then you end up calling people all day that, you know, 90% of them want to rent and don't even know what you're calling them for. And, you know, I've done all those things. And, and I think I've always just come back to just treat your current clients well, and it will, it will come. So 
it'll happen yeah. 100%. You, you never walk out of a store, you know, when you're shopping, you never just walk out of a store when someone's treating you really, really well. You're there with them and you may not buy anything from them, but you'll certainly recommend them to 80 million other people that want to buy something from them. So 100%. Treat them well. Okay. Well, so as we're talking about that, let my next question, it kind of leads into that. So what failure have you had? Maybe at some of the things you've tried that yeah. today you look at as a successful learning experience. Pretty much every care on the stick type of marketing thing that they can get you the leads and you'll be buried in leads and you'll have more business. Like, so uh, there's been so many places where I've put money into that, that have not been a good return on, on investment and, and honestly been a big waste of time. So, I mean, all, the, the main one that comes to mind is the marketing company that, you know, would, would advertise your listings and, and you would get leads from them um, via Facebook. But that was just, uh, it just kind of buried me with, with leads that frankly weren't going to go anywhere. And um, the other thing is just me personally, when I'm on uh, social media, I just get distracted with all the other crap that's on social media and I end up being distracted and, and not actually even focusing on what I need to. So for me, like the biggest learning experience was just focus on what I'm there to do and uh, focus on the clients that I have. And um, the, the other business will, or the other things can go by the wayside really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you could offer one piece of advice to those in the, in the real estate industry, what, what advice would you give them? Focus on your clients that you have and continue to, to uh, serve them at a high level. I know I kind of keep harping on that, that particular point, but uh, I've been mean, around a long time though. I mean, you've been doing this since 2008. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is like, I mean, this, I think that the, the difficult part, part about that particular business model is, uh, obviously, one you have to get the clients in the first place. So you know it's a it's a longer range um, way to get business. So I mean, if you're just entering the business, you have to go do some of the things that I probably don't have to do because I've I have the past clients to to lean back on. But that was being a more reserved individual, I guess, or or kind of not as outgoing as maybe. Uh, some of the other agents that I started with, I kind of took that long range goal to begin with or vision to begin with, because I knew, um, you know, going to marketing uh, meetings and those type of things, that's, that's not my strength. I, you put me in a room with, you know, 50 people and I'll be the guy in the corner kind of drinking by myself, <laughs> you know, drinking up my water by myself in the corner. It's just that I just don't feel comfortable in those type of situations, honestly. So um I think the, I guess that, that is also another kind of tip for is just do what you're going to enjoy. Cause if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. If that makes sense. Okay. So from a marketing perspective or from, you know, um, a business perspective, you know, a lot, what I was told is call the for sale by owners, call the expired listings. When I got into real estate, that's kind of the messaging you got. I hated doing that. So I just, didn't do it. <laughs> and then I kind of got frozen with like, what, well, what do I do to get business? And um, I finally just uh, found kind of what I was good at, which was um, creating relationships at the beginning that even if they weren't buying or selling, just being a resource for people, uh, pretty much anyone that had real estate questions. And then, you know, slowly that progressed into transactions, did a good job of during those transactions, and then obviously grew from there. So- 
Okay. So you talk a lot about like taking care of your clients. What does taking care of your clients look like? What does that look like on a day-to-day throughout the transaction? What are you doing to make sure that they feel like Zach's got my back? He's, he's got me. You know, the biggest thing is you, if you look at the NAR statistics, one of the biggest things where most real estate agents fall short on is it's really simple. It's communication. So I'm over communicative probably to, to some people. I, every Monday, I send out a Monday update. Okay. These are the, these are the steps or these are the deadlines that we have coming up this week. These are the things we need you to do. These are the things we're looking at on our, on the, on the real estate side of things. These are the things your loan officer needs to be looking at. Just kind of laying it all out each week. And one, if you set that off at the beginning of the week, it kind of lessens, I think, more of the back-end communication you do at the end in regards to, you know, it's Friday afternoon and you're, you haven't talked to your client all week and they're wondering what what's going on. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, I think it's just uh, honestly setting expectations and being highly communicative. I don't, it's not like, uh, and, and, you know, obviously there's times where I go above and beyond, you know, um, I was working with an, uh, an elderly woman who, who, uh, who kept telling me she was going to be out of the house and uh, uh, when she was selling her property and, and go buyers walk through the day of closing or excuse me, the night before closing. And she's literally not packed anything. So I hired, uh, well, I recruited friends <laughs> and myself and we went to go rent a uh, moving truck and we packed her whole house up and, and, um, and, and got her moved out. And that was, you know, I was there till one in the morning. I mean, there's things that you can, you know, occasionally do that are above and beyond to help people out. But I think the biggest thing is just simple things, honestly, that I think um, maybe my personality lends to a little bit better than your high eye typical realtors. You know, there are move, move, move. Let's chat to as many people as we can. And, and that works great for them. But I think one of my strengths with, with being, uh, again, a little bit more on the reserve side is just um, uh, I, I know when I'm purchasing or when I'm making big decisions in my life, I like whoever is the lead in that to be highly communicative, let me know what's going on. And, and I try to relay that to, to people on, on the real estate purchase side. That's great. And I mean, it just proves that any type of personality can succeed in real estate. They just have 100%. to find, they have to find their groove and get into their groove and match their style. And, you know, the, the clients that you're attracting obviously match your style. You're not probably working with a ton of really high eye mm-hmm. on the disc profile, you know, oh, let's go get this done. Yours are more of, okay, Zach, what do we need to do next? What's going to happen next? What are the expectations? What do I need to take care of? A hundred percent. And learning to not be, it's okay to like, not, um, that was one thing I had an issue with is realizing not everyone's going to like me, <laughs> you know, and that's completely okay. And, and realizing that maybe that uh, very outgoing client or friend that you have, it maybe won't from a business perspective, be a great fit for you. I mean, obviously friends are going to be a little bit different because you, you know, each other's personalities, but, you know, um, realizing that, uh, you know, not everyone's a fit for one another. Yep. Yep. And you don't have to work with everyone. You're allowed to say no, just like they're allowed to say no. hundred percent. You uncomfortable and it's not in your strength zone and you, you don't have to take that business. That is 100% true. And, and that's a great thing when you start to do a little bit of business is you realize that some people just aren't worth, aren't, you know, it's just not fit. So Yep. yep. And, and you talk about communication and, and making sure that expectations are set. 
how do you keep ahead of that? How do you make sure you're setting really good expectations for your clients? I mean, I know you said the Monday email, but where did that come from? Do you have a system that helps you do that? Or is it just, that's just your habit? Just a habit, you know? So um, from a database perspective, obviously I put in uh, reminders or, or, or those type of things, but uh, the biggest thing is like, you know, your initial listing presentation or your initial, initial buyer presentation, which I've come to find out most agents just don't do those. Uh, but that's really where you can set the expectations and you make the process so much more smooth for everyone involved. If Especially in this competitive market that we've been in the past few years of, you know, if you're just going out with a buyer and they don't know that, you know, the other thing is you don't realize is like a lot of people don't know what's going on in the real estate market. And so you start to go out and for you, it's, oh yeah, we're going to compete with 15 offers on every single house. They have no clue that's what's happening in the market. So if you don't set that expectation up front, you're going to lose them as a client. And I've, I've made that mistake. That's, that's how I've learned <laughs> these lessons is you, you know, you don't, you kind of learn from experience, honestly. So um Sitting down and, and having that buyer consultation or that listing consultation from the beginning and, and honestly doing it with your friends are the ones that I've realized that, oh, they're my friends. Like those are the ones that go, go can go south because you kind of, or I've made the mistake of going in with the assumption of, oh, well, they're my friends. I don't need to have this initial buyer consultation or whatever the case may be. And then you don't set their expectations up correctly and it comes to bite you later on. A hundred percent, a hundred percent because, and it's just disappointment. There's no way to deliver a 10 plus experience if you haven't set expectations because they have no idea what 10 plus would be because they don't have any, the expectations aren't clear. A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And when you get beat out for the 15th time, you're like, well, what the heck is my agent doing wrong? When the reality is, is no matter how good your agent is in, in a lot of instances, especially in Colorado recently, you know, we've had a lot of um, Californians move here that have a lot of cash and have cashed out their equity in their homes in in California. And, you know, it's $500,000 place and you put an offer of 575 and you aren't even close because somebody bid 625 with, you know, full appraisal gap. Do you mean, you know, there's just only so much, you know, a great agent can do regardless, you know, at the end of the day. So, Right. And as the market shifts, it makes it even harder because the market, as it's shifting, people are still living three months ago or six months ago. And you lived through 2008. I lived through 2008. We remember what that was like as it started to shift, you know, the really down market when you could go in 30% below ask and get a house 40%. And then, you know, 2012, 2013, the market starts to shift back and people are pissed off because they're not getting a house for half. hundred percent. And, and it's all expectations. We have to be, the, we're the market experts. We have to be the one to explain that to the clients that look, this is what the, this is what the landscape of the real estate market looks like right now. Exactly. And get you most prepared. And that's when we fail is if we don't have that conversation. 100% that and when, you know, I think that's why we're going to have to start having a conversation with our sellers because, you know, right now, I mean, it hasn't dropped off completely in uh, Colorado, but January, February, we're averaging about 26 showings per listing that first weekend. We're down to six now. So and we're, we're seeing, I know, I don't think it's anything like 2008 again, but we're definitely seeing that adjustment, right? And if we're not letting our sellers know, or if us as agents, you know, aren't doing enough transactions or we're not looking at the data, 
how do we relay that to them that, hey, this isn't two months ago when you sold your helm, you put it on the market and you had, you know, 10 to 20 offers or however many you ended up with. Um, how do, you know, we need to have that conversation up front to say, hey, you know, we can't just price it at whatever we want these days and, and kind of get, what, get, get an offer. We need to actually be, you know, priced appropriately and, and, uh, um, and make sure we're priced competitively compared to what's out there to, to get you top dollar. So, yep. And that's the conversation we 100% have to have, and we have to give it to them in a, a factual way. Hey, this is the data. This is what we're seeing. Six months ago, we were, you didn't care about the feedback on the 67 showings you had on the first two days on the market because you got 15 offers. So you don't right. care what the feedback is. And now that the market is starting to shift a little, our sellers are going to, well, whatever happened to the guy that showed it on Tuesday? What did he think? What about the one on Wednesday? They're going to want feedback on their showings and they're going to realize, crap, I can't just, you know, put it out there for $100,000 more than I paid for it 10 months ago. And exactly. Expect to just get 20 offers on it. Yep. Yep. Or you can't just go to the mountains for the weekend and have offers waiting for you when you come back. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. we're... We're still seeing the multiple offers to a degree, but not nearly at the rate we were. Yep. So. Yep. And, and we have to be able to shift our expectations conversations really exactly. fast based on data. And, and it helps it helps you as the agent and it helps your sellers understand from the get-go, okay, these are the expectations. Because if you just list it and you you tell them, oh yeah, we'll have offers, you've already you're already at a they're already viewing you as not an expert if you make these false promises. Or, or expectations are not set at the beginning, it shifts the dynamic um, between your client and the agent if, if that isn't set appropriately at the beginning. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Rivity Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses 
as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah, and it's really wild to, to see how setting expectations, even if the exact same thing happened, you have two scenarios where the exact same scenario plays out, right? Like exactly yeah. the same thing. Expectations were set on this one and everybody's like, great, everything was awesome. No expectations were set on this one and people think it's the worst thing. That was the worst experience I've ever had in my whole life. It is 100% true. Like at a restaurant, right? You look up on Google, you're going to go to a restaurant and you look up on Google and they're rated a 4.7 and your expectations are they're going to deliver a 4.7 meal. That's, that's the expectation. So when we set our expectations with our clients, hey, this is what we're going to deliver to you. Most likely, if we stay communicating with them throughout the process and say, hey, there's going to be hiccups, we're going to have issues. It's not perfect. It's real estate. And it's cr- no one's going to die. Hopefully yeah. no one's going to die, but you know what? We're going to run into some hiccups and I'm going to be there as your guide to make sure you get through it. That's a hundred percent okay with them. Whereas if we said, Hey, this is going to be the best thing in the world and everybody's <laughs> going to just walk away happy. And then all of a sudden they don't get their first or second or their fourth or their fourth. Exactly. And all of a sudden you're the schmo who didn't provide it. Exactly. And, and I can speak to this directly in regards to uh, setting the expectation of I take Sundays off. So when I, when I don't tell the client that up front or when I, I, if I don't have that buyer's presentation, if I have the buyer's presentation, I say, hey, just so you know, I do take Sundays off. Uh, I'll answer my phone. I'll, I'll, I can exchange texts, obviously, for negotiating a deal. I'm obviously going to be you know, working in that format, but I don't show homes on Sundays. And if you, there is a home that you happen to want to see on a Sunday, I'll, I'll have somebody else from the office um, show you. I just like to take one day off to dedicate to my family. That is a completely different conversation than they text you on a Saturday night. Hey, can we see this home tomorrow? And you're like, no, I take the day off for my family. Sunday's off for my family. That is, I've learned the lesson. Trust me. I know from experience that is, those are two very different uh, responses you get from the exact same person. Um, Yes. And if you tell them up front, they're always, I've never had anyone have an issue with it, but if I've, said, if I haven't had that conversation up front, and then I say, hey, I, I try to take Sundays off to be with my family, it usually doesn't go as smoothly. So I love that. Yep. That's a hundred percent true. Like it's so weird how just a few words up front can save all the headache. In the it back. can. Yep. All right. So what's your favorite system that you use in, in real estate? You know, is there, a, is there a system that you like or a technology that you love that helps keep you on track? Um, so I just use the Keller Williams, uh, uh, uh command software. Yeah. Yep. Is, is, is what I use. Um, and it's very simple. I'm not very tech savvy. So, um, it's just simple for me to use. It's part of our monthly fee. So from the tech perspective, um, um, I'm pretty straightforward on that. On that okay. Front. All right. Yeah. So, All right. so, um, if you could offer one piece of advice, 
to the real estate industry? I think I know what you're going to say, <laughs> but if you could offer one piece of advice to the real estate industry, what would it be? Yeah. And not to beat the dead horse, but it'd definitely be <laughs> focused on the business you have and not the business in the future. Um, and the business in the future will take care of itself if you focus on the business, the business that you currently have. Um, it's simple, I think that's, not yeah, easy, right? It's simple. It is. It's not easy. It is. It's, as it, agents, it, you're, you're commission based. Yep. So you're always looking at crap. I got to get that next deal. I got to get that next deal. I got to feed my family. Well, and that, I guess that kind of leads towards um, another point I have. And, and Aaron talks about this frequently is having other sources of incomes to where you're not tied to just your commission makes your life so much easier. So, or, you know, I think because I got in 2008 when you saw all the exodus of agents and agents that were doing serious business, yes. but they didn't save a dime of what they made. They spent it before they got it. And I think when I saw that, I naturally, my personality is probably more of a saver anyway, but, you know, we keep, uh, um, we keep a, a, a significant money in cash just to have for that rainy day fund. So when COVID hit, yeah, I was, that was nerve wracking. Don't get me wrong. And obviously it, it went the opposite way than when I was anticipating of, I thought it was going to slow down. It obviously did yeah. not do that, but uh, having that peace of mind also helps. I think um, you not needing to necessarily worry about the next commission because you know, you have um, other sources of income that are coming in. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so. commission breath is never, never a good thing. We, we call it commission mm-hmm. breath when, and your clients can feel that. That's the weird thing is they know yep. when you're more tied to the outcome of the deal than they are. There's an issue. That know? is a great point. They, they can feel it. And, and I'm sure, you know, you can tell when you work with the agent that maybe doesn't do a whole lot of deals that they need that deal to close. And you can see the advice they give to their, their client. And you're just going, man, that, that's not in the best interest of your client. Of your client. It's in the best interest of yourself. And you see that and it just, it's not good. Nope. And that's, that's when you'll lose referral business and repeat business. They'll never trust you again. A hundred percent. Yep. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchistegui for another quick commercial break. But this is something a lot of you guys have been asking about. When we had our mastermind in May, we had a lot of people ask us about coaching, about how can we continue this process? Because so many of the people, so many of you guys out there listening to the podcast, you don't have resources where you are. You don't have other people nearby that can be mentors for you, that you can bounce ideas off of. And this business can be really, really lonely if you're not doing it with other people. So we have just now launched a great program for you. And it's just Hyben Digital Coaching. It's it's Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. And here's what we do. We've got a, we've got a spot you can go to. You go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. We have individual one-on-one coaching where if you sign up, we match you up with a coach and we figure out like who's going to be the best coach for you for a couple calls a month. It's not that much money. It's I think it's going to be 950 bucks, a couple calls a month with a coach that's been where you're going and they're going to try to help you. And then we also have group coaching for a lot less where you can sign up and you can get in group coaching with groups of 10 and we can do calls every couple weeks uh, with different people that'll guide you through that process. So if you've been getting a lot from this mastermind, but you think you would get a little bit more for some one-on-one coaching from somebody who is has been exceeding in real estate, go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching, realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching and sign up. We can't wait to find somebody to help you. 
All right. So what's one thing you've learned in the last couple of years in this crazy market, the crazy times, the COVID, the, the buyers just like skyrocketing, no inventory. What's one of, what, what have, what's the biggest thing you've learned? Oh, I don't remember what I put on the interview sheet, but <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that reminds the, uh, uh, I mean, the thing that pops out is just like the creativity you can do to structure offers of, you know, um, you know, you know, even though I've been doing this uh, 14 years, like you never really needed appraisal gaps, you know, before you never, you know, I, you, you didn't need to like X out dates or waive inspection, not to waive the inspection itself, but waive the objections and those type of things. You just didn't need to do that. And I think going forward is even if it's not as a competitive, those few times where you are in multiple offer situations, leaning back on some of those experiences that we've come across that, you know, creative ways to, to structure transactions that get your client the deal that aren't always necessarily tied to just being the highest offer as well. So hundred percent. And we saw tons of that. I mean, it was one of those things where you were just, if you were the listing agent, you were like, wow, some of the things that are coming yeah. across my desk that people are coming up with, but creativity all that's, the time. Yeah, that's exactly what I, the creativity. I was like, man, learn from other agents. Some of these people are very smart. Some of these agents are very smart on how they how they structure these things. Take what you're seeing on the offer side and, and implement that on some of your offers. So Right. I know on our team, we had, we had a clause library that we stored on a Google site. And it was like all the different clauses that we had used to win offers and just taking them from, hey, this one worked and we won this offer. Or we saw this one come in and my sellers were like, wow, I want that. So yeah. we just kept a list of all those. And that's how you compete. That's how you win is to get creative when, when the market calls for creativity. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, any predictions you have for the market coming up? Oh, I'm bad at this game. I thought the market was <laughs> going to go bad or not bad, but uh, you slowed down four years ago. Well, so. you lived through 08. Yeah. 09, you, lived, you got into real estate in the worst market possible. 2000, there wasn't a worst market. So you've seen yeah. the worst. So what do you think is going to happen now? You know, I think we're going to see kind of a flattening out of, of, of appreciation. I mean, I, in the Denver metro area, I think we we're up to like 18 to 20% appreciation over the past two years, year over year. I mean, it was just kind of a, a little, I mean, just unsustainable, right? So as these interest rates have gone up, um, hopefully, you know, that that slows things down a little bit to a little bit more reasonable pace. And um, and I say that mainly because I just feel bad for the new buyers and the younger people that <laughs> they just don't have much of a you know, a, a shot to compete these past couple of years, unless you have family helping you out with down payment. So I think uh, my, my, uh, maybe it's a wishful hope, but maybe a little bit more of a quote unquote normal market would be, uh, is what I, I'm kind of foreseeing. Um, I don't, you kind of see the, the warnings of, uh, you know, everyone likes to predict doom and gloom, but I, I don't personally see that happening. I think the the fundamentals of 2008 versus today are just very different from one another. Very so, different. We don't yeah. have the crazy lending practices no. that we had back then. And well, and until we start to see inventory creep up significantly, I mean, it just supply and demand is a very simple thing. Even I can understand it. So if you, uh, you know, until that changes, uh, I'm not sure how how it could drop significantly. So yeah, I agree. I mean, we've we've been battling an inventory problem for years now, and and it's not like you know, after 2008, we just didn't build anything. Nothing yeah. was being built. And so the lack of inventory has really caught up to, 
caught up to us the past couple of years. And even with the increased interest rates, there's still a bigger demand than there is supply. So there is, there is. And yeah, who knows what the interest rates will do. Some people are predicting they'll go up even higher. Others will think they'll flatten out. And some people are predicting it'll go a little bit lower. So it's, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. Hindsight 2020. You can it is. You yes. Never Who would have ever thought what happened in 2008 was going to happen in 2004, 2005? We would have never predicted yeah. that that was what we were looking at for 08, 09. My father bought a couple rental properties in 2008 to 2011, and we like we should have bought every house we walked into. <laughs> you know, I've hindsight. talked to like six people in the past three weeks that said that exact same thing. Yep. I would have bought every single home that I even saw. I, the team I was on in 2011 was the Fannie Mae. Oh, for the area. Wow. They had all the Fannie Mae's and I was yep. just talking to my, my old boss and he just said, man, I wish I would have bought every Fannie Mae that came in. I mean, we're talking hundreds of them. Oh yeah. No. I mean, leverage anything, any way you could have got cash to buy them. Yep. Yeah. But again, you know, hindsight's always 2020 and you know, it was a scary time then too. So, I mean, you know, yes. it was hard to, it's very difficult. There's only so many amazing investors because it's such an emotional yes. deal. So yep. Yep. Well, your advice is awesome advice. If you're a more reserved person who isn't a high eye on the dispersonality and doesn't enjoy just going out and meeting people and having a good time, the key to success is take care of the client in front of you, over communicate, make sure they know exactly what's going on, set really great expectations. That's hundred percent right. And you're uh you're much better at getting those across than I am. So I should have just written them down and you could have just uh, gone over them with, you You know, just said them on the, on the podcast, but I appreciate it. No, appreciate having <laughs> you on here. And, and we look forward to seeing how your business grows in the future, Zach. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great one. You as well. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.